Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 514. I'm in New York. I uh, just did the Today Show. I feel very fancy and adult. It was fun. Everyone was really nice to me. I got I got Kevin Spacey's dressing room because he was on earlier. We didn't meet. And we kind of passed each other in the hallway. We kind of made eye contact. And I was like, yeah, Spacey, you know what's up. Um, but then I think he was looking at someone behind me. Oh, I just want Kevin Spacey to know who I am. Is that so much to ask? It is? All right. I'm a douche. Uh, please come out and, well, there's actually a couple more tickets left for the midnight show at Caroline's. All the other shows are sold out. Uh, those are shows are this weekend, so May 2nd and 3rd. And then uh, go to carolines.com for tickets. Then I'll be at Wise Guys in West Valley City, Utah on uh, May 29th, 30th, and 31st. And then I'm going to be at Helium in Portland June 12th, 13th, and 14th. And there's some other shows coming up in the fall and uh, some Comic-Con announcements soon. So go to Nerdist.com for information on that. I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, Nature Box, which is basically a healthy snack subscription service starting at $19.95 a month where you can discover and enjoy healthy snacks right to your doorstep. It, the problem is that if you don't kind of monitor, and then I'm, I'm talking to people who are, you know, as you start to get older, you need to pay attention to these things. But if you're not really monitoring what you're snacking on throughout the day, you can all of a sudden just be uh, gorging on tons of calories of stuff and not even really realize what you're putting in your body. But NatureBox will let you know exactly what you're putting in your body. It's delicious snacks. They're healthy. Each bag of snacks is full size, so there's three to five servings in there. Uh, there's no high fructose corn syrup, there's no trans fats, there's no artificial sweeteners or flavors. It's just a delicious, healthy snack that you don't even have to think about. You can carry them around and then just sort of munch on them throughout the day and not worry about uh, not worry about uh, stuffing too many calories uh, into your tummy box. So go to naturebox.com uh, slash nerdist, all in lowercase, and you're going to get 50% off your first box. That's only 10 bucks for your first box at naturebox.com. I'd like to thank them for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast and keeping us healthy and snacking. This episode is Jim Gaffigan, who was just on At Midnight the other night with uh, Todd Glass and Nikki Glazer, which was a particularly fantastic episode. Jim's new special, Obsessed, is now available on jimgaffigan.com. This would be Jim's, well, we sort of explained at the beginning, it's technically his fourth appearance, but actually only the third that we were able to put up because of a technical problem on a live show. But uh, here we go, it's Nerdist Podcast with my pal Jim Gaffigan. Now entering Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com. 
Jim Gaffigan returns to the Nerdist podcast for a triumphant third appearance. Well, there was there was a four, da, 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 no, this, this is the third. One time it uh, we taped it at the, um, the theater. Com- we were at comics. No, we were at comics the first time. Yes, and the second time we were at Meltdown, right? Yeah, but no, there was a time in between. There was a live show. What are we? And we recorded it at. Uh, it was in. Such oh, it was in New York. Oh, the one that did it. Oh my God, that was so heartbreaking. That was in New York at the. Um, oh, it's the 400 seat theater. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's on Broadway. No, 23rd Street. Oh. No, 23rd Street. It's where oh. Doug Benson does Gramercy. all his. It's the Gramercy. Yeah. And something happened with their equipment, where there was a throughout the entire because you were on and Tom Lennon was on and it was a fucking great show and we got it afterwards and we were heartbroken and there was no way there was no way to polish out I don't know if it it was a bad cable or something it was so but that's that was before we started bringing Katie places and that's now why we bring Katie everywhere because it's called PK it's (laughs) pre-Katie are we recording right now yeah we're recording right now because you can't you can't always you can't always trust that who, whatever person happens to be at the thing is gonna like it's a new setup for them to record a podcast, so they, they oh yeah sort of do it on the fly. Oh man, that fucking I was so upset by that. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the fourth but third released appearance. Yes, this is a special one. Of this is really this is our uh, paper one. <laughs> this is the paper anniversary. I don't know. I don't know what those the third sort of fourth the fourth sort of third one at the same it's time. A special one. How, I, congratulations. I heard Obsessive did huge numbers. Yeah, it did all right. I think it did well, you know, you know, which is great. You wanted to, right? Yes. You're looking at me like, are you going to play, uh, you know, false modesty here, Jim? <laughs> no, I No, I mean, possibly. gee, gosh, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even, it doesn't even, I didn't check to see that millions of people watch my special. I mean, the exact number I could give you, but I'm not, yeah. you know, it's not about that. Yeah, I mean, it's depending which demographic you want me to explain. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it, but I do understand that it did well. Yes, uh, I, I heard it did incredibly well. Which is um, great. So congratulations on well, that. thank you. You've experimented with a couple of different... Models of right. releasing comedy specials. Do you have a favorite at this point? Um, I uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's changing all the time, right? So um, I know that you know I did the self release last time, and then uh, was approached by Netflix. So um, like six months after, it went to Netflix. But I think that you know, Comedy Central, you can't um, you can't you know, beat eyeballs, right? So in the end, uh, you know, you want people to see the stuff, right? And uh, so, you know, I definitely made less money going to Comedy Central, but, you know, I do, uh, you know, I do want to have some longevity. You know, it's, you know, I kind of feel like specials or uh, albums, you know, they're not, they're not a huge income source. I know some people make a lot of money doing it, but it's, some of it is, you know, you, you, there's a sense of pride of like a completion, but some of it is also, you know, maybe gaining more people understanding you or. Yeah, I think it's also the it's it's really just sort of the the sum total of this is what I've been working on for the last two right. years. Here it is. And right. hopefully this will this will keep the ball in the air so I can start the process over again, but then get people to come out to watch that process right. over again. Yeah. And you know, you know, as a comedian, there is, I mean, w- you know, we would do this 
anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, like there's, you know, I've been so excited about, uh, you know, my album and, uh, on eight, uh, on iTunes, but in reality, uh, you know, I, you make maybe 10 cents or 30 cents. <laughs> you don't make any, really any money. No, on. it's, it's all in the, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a very similar, probably even worse model than the the record, like the music industry. Right. Because comedy albums historically did, I mean, you know, our, our, our shared manager, Alex Murray, and I used to go through and laugh but be sad at the same time when you look at the billboard charts of comedy albums and yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, there were a couple. It was like, you know, Mitch Hedberg, Dane Cook, and then and then all the blue-collar comics would right. sell a fuck ton of comedy albums. Yeah. But it still, in comparison to music, was not a big number. Right. And then it would drop from like... 100,000 to like 13. Like there was a steep drop between the yeah. top, top and yeah. then the, the medium guys. Well, you know, the, the book world is like that too. Like you just, you're like, oh, I, uh, you know, you're on the New York Times bestseller list and you're like, wow, that's amazing. How many did I sell? And they're like, you sold 35. <laughs> and you're like, 35? It's really hard to sell 35. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's not that much. Like you think... There's 300 million people in this country. It's, you know, you'd think, you know, you're like, what am I, maybe I'll sell a million? And they're like, no, you're going to sell maybe 10,000 <laughs> yeah. if you're lucky. Yeah, and that's good. And right. if you can do that, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. But I guess it's, you know, people's attentions are just pulled in so many different directions now. And there's so much, uh, I mean, it's, the good thing is, is that a lot of people are being creative. But the detrimental thing is that there's so much of it that how do you, I guess it's just, it just falls on us as performers to like, well, it's our responsibility to rise above the noise. That's that's how you, that's survival, right? And it's also, I think, it's about consistency and uh, and being, you know, keep keeping on creating, right? So it's, you know, it's you know, there was a time where you would do one special, and it would change your life forever. Like Dennis Leary did, no cure for cancer, right? It changed his career. Bring completely. the pain. Chris Rock had bring right. the pain. I mean, and then, and, but, but you know, Chris Rock's a great example of he, he kept coming back with new hours, and it's amazing. And so you just have to keep banging on the door because with every new album, you know, there's people that have no idea who you are that listen to that album, and then that opens them up to your other stuff, and then. You know, it, it really comes down to, at least for me, I make my money at theater shows. Really. Well, you also, you you also, even though it wasn't really, it wasn't really that long ago, but you still caught that last wave of a special, like Beyond the Pale really, that, I mean, you were doing well as a comic before, but I remember like after that special, it like, it, shit changed. Totally. So totally. you still caught that. And I feel like that's. I think that might have just been the tail end of being able to catch that window. Absolutely. A lot of luck. And it was, uh, you know, I describe it as I got the crumbs of Dane and Larry the Cable Guy. And, you know, there was the, the pretty big cu- crumbs, though. Those are yeah, good crumbs. Good crumbs. And then there was also, you know, people that loved Patton and David Cross would, you know, their second album, they might, or third album, they would buy mine. So it was like, I was, everybody's like, third choice but it ended up being a decent sized pool but you still managed to do i'm sure we've talked about this before but i'm so jealous of your ability to write clean material that's funny <laughs> i'm well, you so know, jealous of jesus it. tells me to do that he does i'm and, sure yeah and um, that's that's what you do I what he says to what the lord says <laughs> but it's not 
<laughs> you know, I mean, and I think sometimes, uh, you know, like I have some new stuff that my wife just despises, you know, uh, and so she, you know, there's definitely, you know, this writing partner, I write everything with my wife. There's this writing partner who's kind of like, get rid of that. That's lazy, you know, when it comes to, you know, say uh, a filthy joke here or there. Or, uh, but, you know, the cursing thing, I, 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 for me, it's like, you know, if I'm using a curse word, which now it's like I, I rarely do, but it's just, it's usually an indication that I haven't finished writing the joke. That's a fucking great way to look at it. But, you know, I guess it also... I mean, we're creative people, right? Can't we think of... And I'm not even that smart. So it's like, <laughs> but can't we think of, like, an adjective besides fuck? You can. Right? <laughs> you know? But, but I, I feel like... I, I, and I think I'm, I've, I'm coming out of it, but there was a period of time where I would say... Where the word fuck was sort of like like a sentence filler instead of um and be like I couldn't fucking uh, fucking fuck right you know? right like it, it was just a it was just a it was just fat it it was just all of the trans fats in the sandwich right. of my speech. It's an effective way to communicate, uh, you know, a, a passionate opinion too, right? <laughs> but then again, I'm talking about mundane stuff, so it's like, you know, if I am cursing about donuts, that would almost appear. You know, not authentic, right? It's like, oh, he's that angry about donuts. Jeez, take it down a notch. Settle down. Donuts. I fucking love donuts. (laughs) Whoa, donuts are fucking awesome. Oh, come on. I could blow a load all over donuts. It's like that doesn't make sense. (laughs) No, no, keep going. Develop that more, 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 more. Fuckable donuts. Hashtag fuckable donuts. Uh, But I, but I think that um, it's really important to, like you said, think about the content, like. You know, I have these stories about my dad that I've been telling, and one of them is about how we were all at dinner when he started telling everyone at the table how to go down on a lady. No so, way. Yeah, really? totally true. And so it's hard to – that's inherently a dirty premise because it's an older man talking about cunnilingus to a table of people at a restaurant. See, but I think, I think that's a great opportunity to, um, to write around that because then if the subtext of the conversation – is that your father is in a very diplomat? I mean, he's a guy from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Who's t- describing this graphic thing, but with this Southern charm. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, did he curse when he was? Describing yeah, 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 yeah. My oh, dad's filthy. Yeah, my dad's filthy. He, and so he was. Then he was very graphic in the description. It was so. And much. so, so you're like at a dinner table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after out to dinner. You're like at a Ruth Chris. He came to, he came to see he's me. Like, in, you know when you're eating a pussy. Yes, I'm serious. Really? That's pretty much what it was. You know, I love your mother. When I'm going down <laughs> on mean, her, like honestly, that doesn't seem. How are you? You're so different from. See, like when you curse, I know that that's you playing, but like you're there's nothing scumbaggy. <laughs> About you, like there's nothing. You, you you never have to worry about Chris Hardwick, like you know, slipping some drugs into a girl's <laughs> no, drink. No, you're fine with that. Do you know what I mean? Never gonna happen. But he, you know, my dad. It was I was I'd been performing. Not, I'm not implying that your dad's a scum. No, 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 no. He likes to drug. He liked to drug people, but you know, yeah. he's dead now. No, so there's, there's nothing yeah. anyone can do to press any charges. Some of the greatest comics used to drug people. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. it's, it's part of our culture. Yeah. But he, um, it, I was at Zany's in Nashville, and yeah. so he came. He drove from Memphis to see me with my with the rest of my family there, yeah. and uh, 
And we, yeah, we went to a restaurant afterwards, and it was, you know, he would get a buzz. He'd have a few drinks, and yeah. it was like, let me tell you how to eat pussy. And I was like, oh, no. And so was your mom there? My stepmom was there, and my girlfriend and step-siblings. Right. And, and so did they think it was hysterical? Well, it was just him. I mean, it was right. so, it was not, I mean, everyone's reaction was like, Billy, what are you doing? But not out of, not so out of left field, like, this is highly irregular. Like it was right. highly regular, right? So it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Was crazy. it like before the entree or after the entree? I'm such a pig. I'm like, <laughs> when was he doing it? It's like you know, before you enjoy this port, <laughs> let me tell you what you should be doing later on. Yeah, he would. Just, you know, if we got a digestive going, then you could totally he, go down. He with just a, took the two little flaps of the sandwich and just peeled it back a little bit, and like, then should, you know, you know, this Cuban reminds me of what I like to do <laughs> to your stepmother. What? Um, uh, I mean, he he would say things like he would say things like um, if you accidentally come into our room in the middle of the night and her hands are up on the wall, she's not hanging a picture. He would say things like that, and wow. so in the telling of these things, which I think are very, I mean, he knew he was being silly. Like he wasn't. Right, right. He wasn't completely disconnected from from. He wasn't a sociopath. Like, like he wasn't like like he didn't take his pants off and start. No, 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 no. Let me no, tell you something. Nor nor did he think like why do these humans not understand these human right. things I am explaining? Right. He knew that he was getting a rise out of people, but it's but these are very difficult stories to tell because right. the the you know and and I like your. You're, we're, we're very light and dark side of the force here. You're like, no, yeah. this is an opportunity to make it charming. And I'm like, ah, let's just talk about what do you, you know. No, it's interesting. Because, you know, I was uh, I went to Ireland, and their airline is called Aer Lingus. And I was like, that's a little inappropriate, <laughs> right? Even though that's, I think that was an Alex Murray idea. <laughs> Giving full credit. Not that he'll ever listen to this. He's not going to, and he's never going to pursue comedy. So you could yeah. totally, you could totally do something with it. it. But then, so you have a premise like Aer Lingus, which is right. setting you up. Right. It's, it's, because we run into this a lot on At Midnight when we're coming up with questions for the comedians. We go, well, where are they going to go with this? Right. How many different places can you go with that? So do you go with, what are the, 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 the old what's next or what are the competing airlines or what were the right. rejected names or like, right. what are the, is that, is right. that, is that where you go with it? Right. Um, yeah. Now, like, I didn't even, I didn't even use it. Like, you know, some of it, I'm such a, Twitter is my notepad, so I'll usually, if I can think of a joke on it, I'll throw it on Twitter, and then, um, you know, if it gets a reaction, I might be, yeah, maybe there's a joke there, but I don't know, you know, sometimes if it's too toxic, because it's not just like, I mean, I've, you know, on my first album, I have some kind of dirty stuff, but it's, but how do you follow that? How do you talk about... You know, how do you talk about fortune cookies after you've done an Aer Lingus joke? You can't really, right? You know, like trying to get your tongue into that fortune cookie. You know, yeah. it's it's doesn't... It you leads know, you down a path. Right. I mean, by the way, I think Chris Rock can go filthy and clean pretty well, but I can't. Yeah. And it's, also, it's smarter for you. I, it's the, 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 the comics like yourself who don't have to do that... It's from a business perspective. It's just smarter because you're automatically TV friendly. You can automatically do corporate gigs, which you can't do if you're filthy. You can automatically you automatically have a larger audience because families can watch your show and not feel, you know, there are a lot of layers. Like kids can laugh at the edgy approach, but the adults can laugh at the clean premises, and it's 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 right. great. I, I'm so jealous of it. But you know, I mean, I I wish that it was it was more calculating, but I don't think it was. I think it's one of those things where you 
you find your sweet spot. Like you, you know, as comedians, we discover our point of view <laughs> and then we can write from that point of view, whether it be I'm lazy or I like food or, uh, you know, some, you know, you look at like some social satirist, like don't trust the government or it's a crazy world. And so, you know, some of it is, I don't think it's like, it's not like, well, you know, if I do this, then I can actually get uh, most of Utah to enjoy my, <laughs> you know, there's not, there wasn't a calculation, but there is, um, I would say that there is a, uh, I remember Seinfeld talking to a comedian after he saw him. I can't even remember who the comedian was. And he said, you can, you can work dirty, but it's a bad idea. So like. I mean, I know that when I had some filthy jokes, when I had to rewrite them to do Letterman or Conan, you know, like we're going to say when I was on Letterman in a couple of years and people are going to be like, like, it's like the, <laughs> like being on Carson. Right. It's just like, it might as well be the, uh, you know, the, I, if only I could think of some old, uh, you know, uh, Jack talk Benny, show. Jack, Jack Benny. It's like the Jack Parr show. Yeah. Remember the Jack Parr show? I we're, don't think so. Why is that a show? We're turning into like these 90 year olds. Remember the little Letterman show? Yeah. Well, it's our attention spans are so short that, you know, a year after he's off the air, it's like, who? What there was happened? a guy Letterman. Was that in what? black and white? <laughs> you know? Well, it, it, it's, I mean, it, also, because now you could say like, "Oh, when these comedians did Carson, you mean Carson Daly? No, Johnny Carson." Right. Like, there's so many already, and, and there's so much shift in late night now. So right. many. Probably the biggest influence was at midnight. I I would have to say yes. no. There are so many options. Like, who's going to replace Ferguson now? Don't know. Don't know. And. I think it would be interesting if he replaced himself. <laughs> Craig Ferguson's going to replace He him. comes back, but he changes <laughs> his name. Instead of C-R-A-I-G, it's K. K. I'll tell you what. I just, I just hope that it's not... I, I, and I say this as a white guy. Even I'm like, there's too many fucking white guys in yeah. night television. There needs to be like... I would like to see a right. female comic or uh, a comic of a different ethnicity. Just so, like Even from... As a white person, I'm saying I think there are too many too many white people right. populating late night television. Well, you know the weird thing is, is, like in some ways, it's like, I mean, your show is very different. Like, do we need a, a another talk show? Whether it's like a white guy or a woman talking to another, like it's we still live a talk in, show. It's still a talk show. It's not like, oh my gosh, they're going to interview Katie Holmes. Can you believe it? <laughs> it? You know, that used to be really important. And now it's like, oh, I can find out everything I want yeah. on Katie Holmes now. Yeah. I mean, I can because I have well, a lot of information. You, are you, are you, it's no. a ton of surveillance. and uh, I, I, I know nothing. We, do we sound like we're drunk? We sound like we're drunk. And then another thing. Another thing. The internet. Katie Holmes. Fuck you know, my wife. It's weird. You know, you know Katie Holmes uh, is uh, Pete Holmes' mom. <laughs> what? I did it, not know yeah, that. I, a lot of people don't know that. I feel like that would be on a tablet That's or something. That's why he's so uh, friendly and outgoing. That's right. That's interesting. So she must have had Pete at the same time that she was a baby, which is, I mean, like, that is a which medical is, miracle. I mean, you know what? She didn't want to deal with some of the pregnancy <laughs> stuff. So she was, like, born, they took the egg out, and then Pete came. Actually, you know, Pete was born. His head came first. A lot of people. Did. And he was smiling. He was like, hi, everybody. Yeah, his Pete's first cry when was. When, when Pete dies, like in his casket, he better be smiling. I mean, right? seriously. He's got to be smiling. He's like, ah. And then they could just play that on a loop over and over again yeah. as people walk up. And he's going to wear a tie with the unbuttoned uh, shirt. <laughs> the casual, right? 
Like he's like I do he's, he always looks like he's about to uh, you know be uh, do a scene in a John Hughes film. <laughs> he's yeah, he is a modern day ducky. He is he is our he is 2014's uh, John Cryer. Now I know that we still have John Cryer on Two right. and a Half Men, but he's 80s John Cryer. Yeah, but now John Cryer's a billionaire. <laughs> but by the way, I love Pete Holmes. I don't want oh Pete's to think Pete's that. wonderful. Pete is, everyone Pete, likes Pete Holmes. You can't right? not like Pete Holmes. Katie, you work with Pete all the time. Do you still like Pete? See, he's a good she, guy. She took too much time. I did, and also it was, a, like, little, yes, it was a little. Yes, It was a little. I'm ready. The way yes, she I asked. like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 I have this answer right at the top. Yep. But he, if we didn't like him, he would enjoy it. He would love, and he would want to understand why. That's why I love yes. about Pete is that he really, Pete does the thing that I think most people should try to do, which is. He, you know, so many people judge based on very little information, but yeah. Pete will try to get as much information about something as possible to try to understand it as much as possible, right. which, is a, which is a real asset. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good trait to have. Yes. Because we just write people off based on no information these days. Chris, in 10 years, what is the comedy landscape going to look like? We need your uh, input here. Um, well, we'll all be dun, replaced dun. by... Here, let uh, me do a sound effect. Dun, 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 In dun, the year 2024, dun. human comedians will no longer exist. Comedy will be done by automatons at Japanese sushi-style restaurant clubs. What, what is... Uh, like, who's going to be the, the biggest comic in the United States? In 10 years? Um, I don't know. It's... Uh, boy, that's really tough to say. Because, I mean... Part of me thinks, well, it could be someone we don't know yet, but at the same time, knowing how long dun, it takes dun, to dun. build, yeah, yeah, then it could be, it's probably someone, it's, it's very likely someone that we know it already. It could be someone in this room right now. No, <laughs> Kyle Clark? It is Kyle. Dun, 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 Kyle's been taking all these notes. I don't even know what music I'm doing. Shows. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you're doing the, this is a Fox TV special, and we're... Dun, dun. Oh, breaking news? No, no, no. Like, it's a Fox TV special, like, oh, yeah. uh, exposing magic, or... Dun, 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 you know, dun, like the, dun. We'll be right back. Telling the future. Where they, they do, Or like, will we? Like, the, then they, they do a recap, like, you forgot everything during the commercials. We're doing an analysis of what <laughs> will be in 10 years, right when we cut back. And then you Not come yet, back, though. and they're like, 10 years from now, what will the comedy scene look like? On tonight's special, commercials may kill you right after these messages. I predict, uh, here's what I predict. I predict Nikki Glaser, huge. No question. Um, I think uh, Hari, kind huge. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Nate Bargazzi, huge. Yep. Um, and eventually uh, a senator from Tennessee. <laughs> I also predict uh, Hannibal Burris. Well, Hannibal's already huge. But he's not... I mean, like, like really, 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 like you know, Louis, like. Th- oh right, right, know, like Chris Rock. Kind yeah, of, exactly. There's a handful like, of. What does he say? You know, there's there's only there's only a handful of spots for like the mega comedians, right? The 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 voice, and of you're America. up there too, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm like the voice of the Christians. <laughs> no, um. So who else is going to be huge? Ron Funches, huge. My, I think Mike Lawrence is going to be amazing. Yeah, be good. yeah. Um, boy, I don't know. And then who's going gonna... to be dead? Let's talk about it. Oh my be dead. gosh, Jim Gaffigan will be dead. Um, I just shot Jim with a fake nail gun. That was my space work that I did there. I thought it didn't really and uh, well. Walking Dead will still be going and still be years. going. Yeah, I feel like it will be, and I'll still be hosting that after show, which I'm happy yeah. to do. And and they're going to say, Mr. President. 
of the United States. Thanks for still doing Talking Dead. <laughs> well, That's I feel like my it's, prediction. As part of my public policy to help people deal with the trauma of this zombie apocalypse. As if anyone... Would you want to be president of the United States? That sounds horrible to I me. I think it sounds terrible to be president, but I do feel that... My experience on Talking Dead would make me the ideal candidate in an apocalypse. Like, I feel like I could help people. I could counsel people through it. Right. You would be kind of... Yeah, you'd be good. I think... To me, the idea of being president... Well, you know, that might happen, too. It could happen. Yeah, it could totally happen. And I'm already right there. You're already there. If it happens during an episode of Talking Dead... And then that that decoration in the middle of the table with just, just fingers standing up. Yeah. Then yeah, it would that be, would, that would be, be like too, the right. presidential seal. Yeah. On the table, we would do Talking Dead from the Oval Office <laughs> every week. And Norman Reedus, he would just be so dreamy. Well, he'd be Secretary of State. He'd be Secretary of Punctum. I, I, I would put... <laughs> <laughs> And Maggie would be there, the character that plays Maggie, who's from England, whose name is Cohan. Lord Cohan. James Ham Cohan's daughter. What? A lot of people don't know that. I didn't realize that either. Yes. And then he started dating Katie Holmes, which is strange. So Pete Holmes and Lauren so, Cohan are actually... You know, she has an, a, an exceptional career because 99% of all British actors have to play a character from 100 years ago or one where uh, it's, you know, one of those um, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. You're not allowed to play a contemporary character. No. But I do think... That it would be a good model for that after show because then it could be like, and uh, Vladimir Putin's on the phone. But we're not talking about politics. We're talking about like, uh, why did Rick uh, leave Judith? uh, You know, let's put the Ukraine aside (laughs) because there is something here that is, you know, Earl or Merle was really not a bad character. <laughs> I mean, they chained him to a pipe. He had to cut off his hand. What's he supposed to I do? I mean, that is very similar to what Soviet Union encountered when we broke up. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's that all the time Yeltsin, we have. Uh, he, he destroyed this country. Mr. Russian President, that's all the time. <laughs> that was me doing the voice of a Russian. It, it was, was really good, good, right? Yeah, it was really good. I wonder how worldwide will comedy be? Um, it's, it will always be worldwide. I think it's growing. I think it's growing. Well, you know, the internet and stuff. I mean, it's... The interwebs. It's changing. Uh, but I, I, but I want to go back to your earlier point. Have that, you heard of podcasts? Those are big. No. Yeah. A pod what? Podcast. Who would I listen think. to such a thing? I think it has some... It's like that, that Disney movie. Remember... Um, I, the Computer War Tennis Shoes? No, the um, that, the people, the old people that, that uh, found pods and then they became... Cocoon. Young. And some of them, that guy went back to adultery. That was kind of sad. <laughs> so sad. So sad. You know, a lot of those guys, a lot of people don't know that. Cocoon, all those characters were played by Johnny Knoxville. Oh, every single one. Every single one of them. I don't know. Pretty yeah. impressive. I th- Johnny Knoxville managed to play Wilford Brimley in uh, five or six? Our, our Town. Yeah, he was he in Our Town. Our Town. He was in, uh, what was the he series the of Wilford Quaker Brimley Oates was Quaker Oats commercial. That was, that was Johnny Knoxville, Was too. he in, like, I'll Fly Away or something? Or, or the, some sort of family? drama yeah and Johnny Knoxville also played Wolf of Brimley and Diabetes he also played Corky yep and yep. life goes on <laughs> that, that was Steve-O <laughs> that was Steve-O Steve-O was the dad yeah he was the dad Steve-O was on. the dad and then there was uh, the woman who was uh, Don't Cry For Me Argentina uh, Evita Peron yeah or, or Madonna or the um, come on where's, where's somebody here what? Um, <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about no no <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about something. Let's talk about. Um, I want to go back to your earlier. Yes, I want to sure. go back to your earlier uh, idea because I have always thought this that being president of the United States would be the worst thing to do. It would be horrible. It sounds terrible. Right. No matter what you do, you automatically piss off half the country. Right. And it's also, I feel like government is an impossible. Uh, boat to steer. It's impo- I feel like it's impossible. You can't steer it. It's but too- you know what? That's because you've lost hope. But you know what? If we get the right person in, <laughs> no, it's, like, <laughs> it's like how naive are we? <laughs> Maybe this. Uh, you know, we are so naive. I mean, I love Obama, but like, I think of how naive we were. Like, you know, maybe this charismatic guy. We'll make the country come together. What am I, like 12? Is this an after-school special? Like one person's going to be like, you know what? You're right. Let's put these differences aside Let and just talk. figure it out. He's anyway. got a point. It's like the, all, the whole country is like yeah. townsfolk. Yeah, we finally come together and yeah. then, then Kevin Klein stands up and says that he's gay. And, you know, we're all right with it. <laughs> it's amazing. I love America. Well, I it, do. Does that mean we can date Phoebe Cates now if Kevin Klein admits that he's gay? Oh my gosh, the horrible thoughts that I had in my head as a teenager towards Phoebe Cates. And I'm talking about murder and dismemberment. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But of course. No, I mean she was a big crush. Who was your first crush? Female. Uh, I know you've had a lot of male crushes. Oh, uh, it but... was it was between there were I I think the biggest one was probably I'm embarrassed to say Wilford Brimley. It was Wilford Brimley, not Johnny Knoxville. Wilford Brimley, like the kids, like Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley, Um, mustache and all, like all of it. I mean, there's always a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, is that why you make me put on a mustache when I come over? (laughs) One time, I was molested by a walrus as a kid, and I think it just it transferred into adult life. Then I had to develop this Wilford Brimley fetish. Yeah. And also, PGA player Craig Statler uh, yep. was another there one. There you go. <laughs> it's my weirdest sports reference ever. Um, but uh, but I, uh, uh, I, I, what were we just talking about a second ago? I think we were talking about Heart to Heart. Oh, okay. Show. So Robert Wagner yeah. uh, and Stephanie Powers were Stephanie Powers. millionaires, but they also just like solving crimes. They're detectives. And there's Mrs. Hutch. She's lovely. She's the... I'm, no, I'm let's Max talk about more references that people that have downloaded the podcast. You know, Matt, Matt, Matt also that Matt, Max, their housekeeper, yeah. assistant, also part of the walrus fetish. Yeah. It was Olivia Newton-John was my very first... Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I think, yeah, I've, I think I've discovered my penis. Right. Um, because between... Uh, well, it, you know, it might have been Princess Leia initially, but then, yeah. but Olivia Newton-John. That's really a surprise, you. I know. But um, in Greece, like at the end when she oh gets all gosh. leather Tuscadero at the when end. she gets dirty whored up. Yeah, yeah. It's so that great. It's just, it's, it's just wrong. It was the great moment of, and it, and, <gasps> what's you know, this? I don't even have an image of her in those uh, pants. I, don't, I can't even remember what she looked like in those tight spandex pants. You know, the second, but, the second time I had an experience like I had with my and I'm sorry to make it dirty, but like yeah. I had with my penis when I first saw Olivia Newton John was like when I you got- just liked her because she had the name John in her name. <laughs> That's what right? it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homophobia never gets old. And by the way, I'm totally <laughs> for that, that gay couples should be married. I actually like the fact that there are gay men. That means that there's less competition for women, even though I'm married and I have a thousand children. Unless you do have a, you have literally yeah. a thousand children. But I think it was the only other time I had that experience was. Uh, when I, I feel like I discovered that Olivia Newton John helped me discover that my penis had a function, and uh, when I first got an iPad, and I was like, I don't, oh, 
it can do this. Like it yeah. was that feeling of, oh right. wow, you know that was the those were the two times. In did my you life. ever watch the? I'm sure you did, but the Batman series with Adam, Adam West, of course. There was, of course, there I was did, Catwoman. Chum. And oh, then, Julie Newmar, or and then or the there kid. was like she had like a little uh, daughter or something like that. There was Cat Girl or something like that, or uh, and that was yours. You know, she wasn't like, or was know, it Burt I mean, Ward? Be honest. I was, I was ten. I mean, robins are a very attractive <laughs> bird, but no, um, Ooh, no, there was breasts. there was a Catwoman had a a daughter or like a niece that was a little bit younger than. I think she Julie. was called Kitty Litter. Was she called Kitty Lynn? I don't think so. But she was amazing. And I remember and so thinking, that was I don't understand these feelings. But uh, yeah, that was, that was, and Tatum O'Neill, I had a big crush on Tatum O'Neill. Oh, sure. No, I remember Little like, Darlings. And, and she was on the Jack Parr show. Little, no, little, little, like little Darlings with Christy McNichol. Oh my God, like, Christy McNichol was such a cutie. She was on Family. And she was also on uh, uh, One Day at a, no. Yes, One Day at a, no. No, that was Valerie, Valerie Bertinelli. Bertinelli. Wow, she was, yeah. Valerie Bertinelli and... Um, uh, Mackenzie Phillips. Mackenzie Phillips. Yes. Yeah. So sad. Drugs. <laughs> well, drugs, and also her father was having sex with her that entire time. Yeah, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I'm joking. <laughs> 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 that is just so... That is horrible. I hate myself for even saying that. No, but it's so horrible that you can't not... like Because if you think about the reality of it, it's one of, it's one of the worst things. When you're in the grocery store yeah. and you're uh, buying condoms, probably. <laughs> sure, yeah. And oysters. And, yeah. Because and, and I, I don't want to raw dog the oysters. <laughs> I got to wear condoms when, I, when I'm with an oyster. <laughs> and you see all those magazine covers. Sure. <laughs> I'm talking about the ones... <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I threw up? Uh, anyway, <laughs> but when you see all those covers, mm-hmm. what percentage of the people on the covers do you have any idea who they are? It's 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 a shrinking number of people. Right. It's a shrinking number of people because there are so many. You know the the widespread tentacles of reality television right. mean that there are a, you know thousands of people now that I just had no. Right. It's so outside my sphere of anything. We we, we and we've been watching. Um, we spent the whole week- weekend watching um, My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, which was a fascinating show, which led us into Breaking Amish, which was the story of Breaking Amish. is like, oh, we pulled a bunch of Amish kids off of their farms and a Mennonite girl and put them in New York. And like, let's see what happens. Wow, that seems socially responsible. It's very socially responsible to completely drop someone in, in a cultural cold bath yeah. like that. But then, you know... Were you they start, on Rumspringer, at least? They were not on Rumspringer. But what you find out when you kind of dig around on the internet is it's like... Or at least according to the internet, allegedly... Yeah. Uh, it's all bullshit. Like, they were... Like, one of them wasn't even really practicing anymore. And they Dishonesty married, in yeah. reality television? And, and, and according, that's a, not in the newspaper. According to the internet, one of the couples that forms on the show had actually already been a couple uh-huh. with a kid. But on the show, it's like, I think I should talk to her, but I don't know if I should. Like, everyone sounds like... Everyone that's sounds why we like, need people like Jerry Springer to come get <laughs> to the facts of things. Everyone on that show sounds like a Bruce McCullough character from Kids in the Hall. Oh, and then I, and then I have to put my covering on. What, um, all right, let's talk about Rihanna. Okay, let's do it. Um, you obviously... You mean the Fleetwood Mac song, right? The, no, I'm talking about... It's getting to the point where, uh, I, you know, someone just sent me a, a tweet of, because, you know, I'm a source for topical humor. Of course. And they sent me a photo of her on a magazine cover where she's just, she's got no top on. Yeah, Instagram pulled and that. And I was so offended, I looked at it for like 
eight hours. Right, exactly. And just like, to process your. At offensive. what point? What is what? Like at, at what point? I mean, obviously, I'm not. What are we going for here? What What is the end game here? Like, where uh, you know? I'll tell you exactly. I mean, yeah. it's if we're having a serious conversation about it, it's exactly what we Why were talking, talking about, about with comedy. It's 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 shock humor, or shock pop culture, yeah. shock culture, as opposed to just. I'll let my art speak for itself. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's Madonna did that, Lady Gaga did. It's just that kind of like oh, I have to so be... I didn't even know she was part of that. I don't I mean, think she's not, part of. I, I sound she's... like the old man. She's such a pretty girl. Why would why she would do she that? have to? Why I'm would she have to take out those delicious cans? Yeah. Why would she have to do that? I'm just, I, you know, because I'm kind of a you feminist. Know, a lot of people don't know Rihanna's last name is Gaffigan. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Rihanna Gaffigan. They don't know. They didn't yeah. know. You guys are totally. Re- yeah, we're related. Um, First she, wife. She. <laughs> <laughs> she kept the last name. Yep. She kept it out of respect. <laughs> I broke up with her. I was like, look, this is not going to work. Sorry. A lot of your outfits I'm not into. Yeah. I'm the not. beads. I don't know what's going on with the beads. But a lot of those tattoos say, you know, actually a lot of those beads are my bacon jokes. Uh, <laughs> just transcribed. It's pretty amazing. And, uh, and uh, just right below her navel, it says Hot Pockets with an arrow yeah, pointing down. Yeah, it says Hot Pockets, and yeah. then it says, uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> a lot of them. And there's a lot from my new ones. She's getting more tattoos. <laughs> All across her back. And All across her back. It says, you can't tell me that Kevin Bacon's success didn't, it doesn't owe in part to the fact that his last name is Bacon. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's a picture of a piece of bacon in a jean jacket from the Footloose cover. It is, um, you know, I, I, I have these bacon jokes. And, like, people will come up to me when I'm eating in a restaurant and they'll be surprised that I'm not eating bacon. Like, sincerely surprised. Like, they would think, well, I'd think that would be the only thing you'd eat. I mean, it's like if you went on a talk show, if you went on, like, a Crossfire show and, the, and then the Chiron at the bottom said, Jim Gaffigan, bacon advocate. You're like, no, no. I just... Uh... Well, you know that what happened is, you know, because... Mr. Universe, uh, there was a dollar, because I'm a great guy, donated from every purchase to the Bob Woodruff Foundation. So I was on CNN during uh, Veterans Day or something like that, and they were interviewing me, and I didn't know this, but it said, Jim, quote, hot pocket, unquote, Gaffigan. (laughs) That's how I was listed. Not even as comedian. Just Jim, hot pocket, Gaffigan. I mean, you know... There's, you know, I mean, I know that I'm kind of associated with one joke, but it's like, that's where it's like. Well, and, and you kind of start to feel like, uh, I feel like you would, there would be good cause for you to call the hot pocket people and be like, look, we did not come to a formal arrangement, but I feel what? like you guys have benefited from this a lot. No, they totally have. <laughs> well, I've benefited too. And so is America. And so is doctors. <laughs> right? It's really the whole like infrastructure of the medical community. Pharmaceuticals, drugstores. I'm keeping drugstores open. But you know what's weird? I mean, the entertainment industry, like, are you surprised? I mean, your dad was a bowler, yeah. right? So that's yeah. kind of the entertainment industry. Yeah. But the entertainment industry, isn't there a part of you that's like, I'm embarrassed that I work in the entertainment industry? I Well, if I worked in a part of it that I wasn't, proud of then yes but i feel like 
you know, I feel like we get to work in a little corner of it oh, that yeah. we can it's go. less It's less silly. I mean, I, listen, I, there are so many shitty shows that I hosted throughout the years just to survive that if any one of them had accidentally caught fire and then I would have been oh, right. known for that thing, I still, no matter how much money I would have made, I still would have been like... Um, yeah, well, you know, Ship Maze is just like, uh, it's for a specific audience. It's not really for you and me. Right, you know, I right, would still right. have disclaimers about it in, in talking about no, the show. No, no, because I, I kind of, you know, I just don't ever want to be one of those people that's like, you know, what I do, Chris, is really important. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, because I, I look at the entertainment industry, it's kind of, you know, when you think about like when human beings were f- initially forming communities, they were like, all right, obviously... If we work together, this will be better. You know, like you could build roads, you could build houses, and and the person in the entertainment industry was like, and I can put on shows. You could put on what? And I can put on shows. <laughs> I don't. What does that mean? Even yeah. Well, you know, there could be like people like after you build the road, and after I could, we could do a show like a dance. But we have to like we have to we have to fortify our our our, our community. Like we have to protect community. Ourselves. That would be a great show. <laughs> it would be like kind of like a community theater. What's a theater? Theater, that's like, like you see those commercials where they're like, I I think it was narrated by Robin Williams. It was like, you know, art is about poetry and adding another thing and life is about a poem and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's a little bit more practical, practical (laughs) existence going on, right? Anyway, what I'm saying is I'm an everyman. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't a weirdo like you guys. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, life is art? No, thank you. No, no thank, thank you. you, weirdo. Yeah. Life is a nine to five job with a steel lunchbox. Got a can of beer. Got a can of no, beer. No, my point is is that I just don't think we should take it that seriously. So seriously, yeah. No, I agree. But there is something to the idea that you know, in the absence of. A monarchy and royalty that right. celebrity culture is sort of American royalty in a way, like right. the way that it's treated. Anyway, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying in the way that it's treated, it's like oh, they right. attained this rarefied. Right, it's unbelievable. George Clooney's getting married and, and shut the roads down. And, and and the funny thing is, is that it's not that hard to if like if you just want. It's not fame, his fault. It's, it's not, not. It's not that hard to get famous. Yeah. Like it's easy to get, especially now. Right, like fame is not really in and of itself is not. It's just not a real thing. It's just right. fame is an Instagram filter. Like it's not. Right. <laughs> it's just a fake layer of something. Yeah. And by the way, I I, I don't want uh, to sound like somebody. I mean, I also love so much what I do. Like it is. It's a miracle that I get to do what I enjoy, and so do you. Yeah. And 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 maybe less her. But you know, it's like. <laughs> but it's this amazing thing. So I'm not complaining about what I do. I just think that. You know, there's just this, you know, it just, there's something about our society where we care a little bit more about the Academy Awards than we do about the presidential election. And that's a little weird to me. So I think what I think what I hear you saying is that we should shift all politics to the entertainment business. That's right. That's <laughs> George right. George Clooney should be president. George, oh, he's dreamy. And vice president. I didn't get to date him. No. Did it's you not get too to late. date Clooney? No. No, he's engaged. It's over. No, not yet. Not yet. He hasn't met eyes with me. I, I have I have sort of a a, a, a fun but but borderline serious thing, and and I feel like you would be the guy to talk to us about because we we share Alex Murray as a manager. Yes, but uh, but John Panette dying. Oh my, God. which was awful. I do, I really love John. Was this very yeah. sweet guy, but it reminded me of it. 
they're having a service for him tonight, but it's the same time that we're taping the show, so right. we can't we can't go. But you could cancel the show and go to I it. Can't cancel the show. Entertainment's no, you know, important, you cared about Jim. I mean, and entertainment those, those is the NBA, most important. The show must go on. Yeah, right? the sh- entertainment it's just taped an hour later. Bud Abbott, Lou, Lou Costello, no. did a show. The day his son drowned in the pool. That's a true story. Oh, my God. They had to do, they had to do a live TV kids. show. Don't even talk okay, about okay, I'm drowning. sorry. No, you got tons of kids. Um, um, but uh, <laughs> so. No, but Panette. I so Panette. One of the sweetest guys in the world. And the, the saddest thing to me is that he had the same demons that a lot of us have. And yes. I just. It's unfortunate that he just didn't find a way to slay them in, in, in time. But I, I, I had one Panette story that I yeah. didn't. It's 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 Al- it's one of Alex's favorite stories because it was it's the most awkward situation that I have ever been in and it yeah. was my fault, right? But the the this was ten years ago. I had yeah. just signed with Alex and he represented you and Todd Glass and Panette, and so uh, I went out and saw Panette at Irvine Improv and he let me yeah. do a couple minutes before him and we hung out backstage and Panette was great, loved you know just a sweet Su- guy, such a sweet generous man, very uh, but. Backstage, but like really dirty, like really saying a lot of real, not on stage, but backstage, right. just like a lot of filth, a lot of filth. And like, oh, you know, he's, oh, I totally connect with this guy. Yeah. So like a week later, he's having a birthday party at a restaurant. And Alex said, oh, you should come by. So yeah. it was Alex and probably Larry Shapiro and yeah. John Panette and maybe like four other people. Yeah. But I didn't really know anyone here. Right. So, of course, as the comic who's trying to be funny, I get him a gag gift. And the gag gift... <laughs> That a gag gift I get him is a butt plug, <laughs> which is more of a it's more a gift to gag your butt and right. a, and a card. Which, and it was and it was yours. It was a used it one. It was a used right? one. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Right. Yeah, I washed yeah. it in the dishwasher. Yeah. Um, uh, so it and then I got him this card. That was. Uh, that I want to stick this in your butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. All jokes aside. No, no. But it was a, it was a birthday card that folded out like three times, and it was an African American man, and the dong was like a three folder, so right, it just right. kept folding out dong. Right. And right. so, to me, having you know connected with him on this level, and also being immature and filthy, way worse back then. I thought this would be hilarious. These are obviously joke gifts. Right. Who gives someone they don't know a butt plug for their right. birthday? Chris Hardwick. He did. He did. He did. Well, this is the last time I did this. So, <laughs> well, everyone's having fun. Yeah. Oh, John's great. Everyone's having a good yeah, time. Yeah. Hey, John, I got your... Pro- oh, you didn't have to do that. Come on. What's it? He so, starts opening. He, first of all, he opens up the card. And he goes, ha, 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 ha. Oh. Oh. And he sees the card, and I sense... Oh. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he didn't. Oh, no. So he goes. Like, you were like, this is going to be a home run. (laughs) In my head, I am thinking they're going to carry me out of this restaurant. Yes. Like, I am going to be the new champion of comedy with this because Dong Card. Yeah. And and so then uh, then he starts to open up the little hesitation in the as the paper's opening and then and then butt plug. And, (laughs) And he just stares at it and he's just like, oh, oh. Again, um, the, thank, the sweetest, nicest thank, guy. So thank you. And then leaning over to Alex, you know, like why would he? Why would he give me this? Like I don't understand why. Would... So <laughs> he's very visibly right. Not cool with any of this because he doesn't. <laughs> the entire it wrecked the entire dinner. Oh, <laughs> it's no. Alex's favorite story because it was. 
such an awkward moment. Here I thought, of course, this will be hilarious. And in right. his mind, he thought I was making a statement about him or he just didn't really understand right. what it was. And he was like, I don't, what Does is he? Does he know I like butt plugs? I That's mean- <laughs> what he was thinking. <laughs> and so it was, it, was the, it was the biggest a swing and a miss that I think I've ever had in my life. And I felt so bad about it. And I feel like... I don't know if our if the friendship that we had been developing ever fully recovered. Now John was always very sweet every time I saw him after yeah. that. But there was definitely an air of like he thought I was up to something and I just can't describe because in a birthday gift situation the tone of the present is set by the recipient of the gift. Yeah. If they love it and laugh at it, then everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, the king has yeah, enjoyed yeah, his, yeah. His, his his treasure." Yeah. Um but when the king is like, "What? What is this?" Then right. it was a. It was and a, John was John was uh, you know, uh, you know he he worked with Sinatra, so he was of an era where there was like kind of a king of a table, and so he knew that he was the king. <laughs> yeah, and so but he was the most generous, nice guy. But you know what I think is so amazing about John, and I have a funny story. But what what you have to understand, which I guess people know, is that. Comedians are are everyone's flawed, but comedians are typically flawed people, right? So we all have our demons, and sometimes it's pretty obvious what the demon is, you know. In addition to narcissism, often. Sure. And so, with John, people were like, "Oh, he's he's an overeater. That's his." But you know, he had other demons, and a lot of comedians have a strange self-destructive thing like you know john panette would kill only kill like only kill and but alex explained to me that you know i started doing theaters before john and he was he had been but john didn't want to risk going to theaters i mean he eventually did theaters in canada and was very popular and he did some theaters in the u.s but he didn't want to not sell out a place Mm mm-hmm so he became dependent on that. And it's like comedians have all these these things that we're kind of uh, – we clutch to like a security blanket. So John Panette, who could have gone to theaters 10 years ago, went to theaters five years ago because, uh, you know, there's a certain – you want to only kill. You want well, and to- he, was, he, was, uh, he was a comedian that was of this – the ilk that um, – because it wasn't like John was on television a lot. Right. But he was just a solid tour comedian of just like, you know, you go back to a town every 18 months. Yeah. And over years and years and years and 20 years of touring, it, yeah. you know, you've built up this massive, but just from doing live performances. And that's pretty much it. Live performances and, and a handful of specials. And he was he was also somebody that could break into song, like of a different era where he, he could sing and dance. He did uh, He did Hairspray on Broadway. Yeah, you know, he was like amazing, but um, I, um, you know, there's a couple funny stories. One of the funny stories is I was I used to open for him. I would middle for him at the DC Improv, which is such an amazing club, and he would, um, you know, he was so well connected. Everyone loved him, right? So I would do. I was middling for him, and this is before I ever started doing radio. Like you'd have to get up for morning radio at the time. I was like, who's gonna get up? <laughs> Aren't we comedians so we don't have to get up? I'm never – and now I fully appreciate it. But so John told me, he goes, Jim, uh, 
I have this opportunity to get this tour of the White House, a special tour of the White House. Uh, do you want to come with me? And I was like, what time is it at? <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean what time it is? It, it, it's, it's the White House. You have to go. And I'm like, will I be able to nap afterwards? And he's like, stop it. You're going to be in the war room and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, all right. I guess, you know. But it was, I mean, that's how much I love sleep. Did you tour right? the White House? Yeah, and I toured the White House with him. And he, you know, he was like that that amazingly generous uncle that, uh, you know, was just always so generous. Sort of like the mayor, like, like his character feels like it could have been in a Scorsese movie. Like he was the mayor of this, this yeah. honorary mayor of a community that, you know, was untouchable because yeah. everyone and loved And he them. toured so much, as, you know, there's comedians that do this where they just live on the road. Yeah. So like they don't they don't own an apartment. He went for like a year. I remember one time I met him for a movie, Alex and I, and he was staying in a hotel in L.A. for like a Tuesday. And I'm like, why is he in a hotel if he's not doing a show? And Alex was like, he doesn't have an apartment. He's just literally on the road making money. That is a touring comedian, right? Where you just don't have roots. But you know the problem is 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 touring constantly and you know uh getting this strange dose of attention peaking late at night you're gonna get in trouble yeah you're just you know you end up you know you're like wide awake at two you're with people that you know are uh excited that want to please you so like if you have a weakness you know that's what happened to you know Hedberg that's what happened to Geraldo and that's you know, because I mean, people feel like, oh, well, I want to bring this person this thing because it makes them happy in the moment, and it makes right. me it makes me special because I'm bringing them a thing. Like, no, don't. Yeah, you know, I call it being a victim of the culture, and I definitely was. I definitely was like, you know, you sit there and you're like, you get off stage, you do this amazing theater show, and you're like, all right, what do we do now? And reality is, you should go back to your room. And I and I used to go back to my room. For the first 10 years. But then there was a couple of years where I was like, I got to go out. I got to, you know, and so now I'm, now I'm more of an adult. Barely. Well, it's, I can't, I can't even imagine touring if I, well, I, I don't think I would have gotten to the place where I could tour if I was still drinking, but I can't imagine having that and just being out on the road. It's just a fucking deadly combination of no, I have no boundaries in terms of I'll drink till 8 a.m. I don't care. Right. And if you're in a comedy club, it's free. I'll go right to the I'll go you right know? to the morning TV show from a bar. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Oh, man. I mean, when you think about it, it's, you know, Mad Men's kind of all, you know, funny and silly with their drinking and their smoking. But generations, serious drinking. Like, I, you know, I worked on this play on Broadway. Serious drinking. Like, some people build up a tolerance where they can drink like eight scotches and then get up at seven in the morning. And you're like, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like generations before, like Breakfast our, gran- scotch. our grandparents, all these blue laws, it's not like they were like, Jesus said no alcohol on Sunday. They had to do no alcohol so some of these men would go home. <laughs> you know, the pubs would close in England because people – you know, at 2 p.m. because to get guys to go back to work. Yeah. What I'm saying is men are horrible. <laughs> we're, we're bad. We're bad. We're bad. We, you know, we're all. What's one. Know. So, so uh, if John's thing was, you know, he didn't, he was afraid to not sell out a room. Do, what's one that you have or maybe one that you got over? 
Gosh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I love stand up because I think you have to develop a uh, self awareness, right? You you find out who you are. Like Sometimes you can't go you up get there and be like too much self awareness, right? <laughs> no, but you you definitely um you know, I mean, acting's the same way. You can't audition for a character that's the ugly best friend of Matthew McConaughey and not be like, "All right, maybe I'm not a, a supermom." <laughs> but I don't know. You know, I think I I you know, I have I always describe it when I go to Vegas. It's like gambling is like the one addiction I don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, like I definitely could go on a tear of self-destruction. That's not to say that, uh, you know, you're not going to find out, uh, you know, I'm doing heroin or anything like right. that. But, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, addictions. Uh, uh, it's got a strong vein in my family. So, like, the way I talk about food is that is, you know, people with addictions, that's, you know, they've more or less said to me that, like, oh, yeah, you have that point of view on things, which is obsessive and all-encompassing. Which brings us back to obsessive. Yes. Obsessed. I mean, it, I guess that is part of the comic personality because, you know, particularly it, it you're aiming that obsession at a premise, ultimately, and right. getting super granular on it and trying to trying to rip it back in a voracious way that most people don't yeah. which is why i think if you if you are that way in if you're on, if you're that way on stage people go ah he's a performer but if you're that way conversationally that's when people and i know a lot of comics get this a lot where non-comics will go uh okay whatever right where right. they just sort of like uh because most people just most people don't think that way right well, and also, I mean, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the addiction. I mean, coming up with a new joke is, I mean, that's a pretty uh, amazing feeling, right? So, in, I mean, how's that different? I mean, it's a lot different than chasing, you know, uh, a kokai, but it's the same kind <laughs> of driving force where you're looking for that buzz of when you're on stage and you improvised a line or two. Yeah. That that uh, changed, you know, five minutes of your act. So, you know, I you know, I think stand up is definitely an addiction. We do it every night. You know, we're addicted to laughs. Yeah. And I'm and, addicted to laughs. And, <laughs> That's the name of my new album. Addicted to laughs. Please make that your Twitter profile bio. Yeah. I'm Jim Gaffigan. Addicted to laughs. I'm just addicted to laughs. Can't get enough of them. Can't get enough of them. I'll ba- take ba- all ba- of them. I'll take all the laughs in the world. I'll take all the laughs. And you know what? There, we'll be right back. <laughs> Jim Carson. Jim uh, Carson. But the, uh, but the idea of... Uh, uh, Having to get up in front of strangers, well, not having to, but getting up in front of strangers, yeah. and then get, and then getting attention from them is also sort of a weird. Yeah, no, there's nothing normal about what we do. <laughs> there is nothing normal. Like people, people will say to me, they're like, "How do you have five kids?" And I'm like, "Like that's, you know, that's been done by a lot more people than stand up comedy, <laughs> right? That is, you know, far less weird than going on stage and trying to entertain strangers." Yeah. It's pretty weird. And get them to accept you and sort of put you up on this pedestal. You're literally on a pedestal. Yeah. You know? uh, How is- has At Midnight changed your – because obviously, you know, people – you've had fans and you, people – you know, Nerdist was huge and all this stuff. How has that changed your audience experience when you do shows? I don't know because I haven't – the show's so new. The right. show's only, you know, really. I mean, we did we did we did a month in October, but really, the show just started in January, so it's only a few months old. So I haven't 
You know, I've done one live show on the road. We did a couple of at midnights in uh, Miami for the South Beach Comedy Festival. But I'm actually going to Caroline's. I'm leaving tonight after our show. Oh, sweet. And I'm doing Caroline's all weekend. And um, I think the shows are all sold out, which is new. That's amazing. Um, and uh, we added a show. And, I, and so that's new. And then, um, but I don't know. People yell points at me now. Um, But other than that, it's tough to say because it's still, the show's still... Right, and there is like a lag time thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it really does take, you know, I I think it takes a couple of years of a show being on the air before people really feel like the show's rooted in our pop culture, it's part of, you know... right. So I, I think it's still still pretty new, it's it's still too new to tell, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see like... You know, there'll be some Nerdist Podcast fans there. There'll be some Walking Bunch of Walking Dead fans oh, there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, definitely. So it'll be to see, like, what the influx of yeah. at midnight audience Now, do you meet be. people afterwards? Um, I You should hire someone to do a study. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually, it's, I, I was meeting, it's easier to do it after a theater show. Right. It's very hard to do it if you, if it's, um, if you have three shows in a yeah, night of course. at the club, because there's a small window of time, and especially the way Caroline's is set up, yeah, no. people come out the same way they go in. Yeah. And so the last time I was there, I did a meet and greet in between shows, and it created such a traffic snarl for the yeah. club. Yeah. And it also, if you do it after the last show, the entire staff has to stay there until yeah, you're yeah. done. So I was keeping the staff there for like... An hour and a half, yeah. maybe two hours after they could go home at you know one o'clock, one thirty in the yeah. morning, and so it just—I don't know. So it's harder to do but it. What for you're saying is club. you're a good guy. I mean, that's part <laughs> well, of it. Well, but then too. you, but then you go. Well, who am I? You know, who am I going to bum out? You know, like you're. Just, you're it's, it's sort of like what's the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to sort of fuck up the way the club? is able to get people in and out of shows and keep everyone there longer or is it shitty to the people who came out to not go out afterwards and and if I could do it after one show then I feel bad not doing it for all of the shows like if I do it after the last right. show of the night is that really fair just because people who had to come earlier didn't get to so I, I don't know what the right thing to do is I, yeah because I know when we did the um, at the Gramercy you, you went out and yeah you because there was an area to do like it they had that downstairs yeah. area and it doesn't inter, it doesn't interfere with the traffic coming in yeah and you know it's I mean you also appreciate people going so what no, because I remember you know Alex does maybe he does this thing with you too but Alex keeps a, a, a record in a book of every show you've ever done. And yeah. so when, like, when these Caroline shows started selling out, he goes, ah, let's do this. Let's play this game. And I hear him, like, thumbing through the pages, like, yeah. flip, flip. And he goes, this weekend in 2009, uh, you made $500 to play an entire weekend at Crackers in Indianapolis. And you sold 100 tickets for the whole weekend. Like, the rest right, of it was right, papered. Right. Yeah. And so, so you can see, like, the growth. Yeah. And so because it feels like it was not that long ago... I do. I very much want to thank each and every person for right. coming. But at a certain point, when it starts to get in the way of the venue being able to do their yeah, job, yeah, then no, it's you sort can't of like, ah, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I just want to make right, everyone right. happy. And I feel like you should invite them to your hotel. I should invite everyone to my hotel, right? To the W Times Square. I'm not saying the W Times Square. <laughs> no. um, so I don't know. Do you ever feel like the more you try to make people happy, that a lot of times you can actually fuck everything up that way yeah yeah i mean you know i also think that you know you and i hopefully have an approachability thing like there's not 
this, you know, our our careers are not constructed on a mystique. No, and right? there's no, I don't think there's any air about me that, fe- or you either, that feels like, I can't be bothered with the rabble. Right. They are, they are I'm going to, to buy a scarf. <laughs> right. I'm sure you know comics who hate their audiences. Like, have you met, do you know, do you know comics that like do not really, if, if, the, if, if given the choice, they would not hang out with the people that would come well, to see Well, you know, them? that's, that's a pretty interesting thing because you reap what you sell, right? So like if you're, if you're, you know, if your up is, I mean, you know, I'll, you know, I'm sure you like your stuff. I like my stuff. But if you, if your stuff is kind of like drumming up kind of like drunk people, that's who's coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you don't like drunk people, you better. Right. I mean, I think that the, like the classic example is always the you know Belushi got super famous from Animal House, right? But he was actually this very complex actor and a very sensitive guy, and so but right. everyone was like Bluto, and he fucking hated. I think he hated right. it, right? Right. But that was sort of like well, well, you know, that's what Chappelle. I mean, Chappelle. It's like he's kind of uh, trapped by some of his sketches, right? Oh yeah. And then, uh, you know, Steve Martin, it's legendary that he, you know, he couldn't do stand-up anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, weird. the book is great. I mean, and he, yeah. outla- he, he sort of lays out all, all of that of, of being super anxious and not really being able to, but, yeah. but attracting this audience. That's why I think it's really important to not try to speak to everyone. Right. Just speak to the people that uh, you know. Just speak to people that you talk about what you like, and then if those, if other people like those things too, they'll find you, and then your audience will be comprised of like friends and fans, as opposed to just ticket buyers. Right, and that's why it's it's always strange when someone gains popularity for being on a sitcom, because then people will go. Thinking, hey, it's well, that's, Kramer. That's Patton. You know what I mean? That's Patton. That was King of Queens. Oh, really? It took Patton years to for to for people to Realize discover that, that he's he was not the guy from King one of, Queens. of the smartest, funniest people in the world. You know, like wow. and not just that guy Spence from King of Queens, not just like a dopey guy, but like a very insightful and right. You know, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah. never knew. That oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That. So he was getting like King of Queens fans coming out and then, you know, they were disappointed. And then he was doing these, uh, he's like, I don't like Bush. And they're like, we like Bush. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah the, the, cla- the, 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 you know, like having people in the audience, boom. And then he'd be like, guys, 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 I didn't say George Bush was Hitler. I mean, Hitler was elected and then they would get fucking like, it was literally something. Oh, he said wow. And this is at, you know, a, Wow. Yeah, at like a mainstream room with King of Queens fans and they just didn't there was there was the disconnect. So wow. that's why it's very important for I mean, well, and you were on a sitcom for a long time. I was on uh, yeah, I was on a show, but you know, it was it was on cable and it, you know, they did like 8 episodes. I mean, it was not nothing compared to King of Queens. Yeah. That was huge. But, but I, I also played kind of a a guy closer to me. Like, I played a dad who was kind of sardonic and sarcastic and, and good-looking. <laughs> so, you know, it worked for me. So are you going to have any more kids, or do you think you think? Five? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's strange because five seems insane. Like, if I talk to, you know, myself, like, from ten years ago, and I told my, you know, that I was going to have five kids... I would have like a heart attack. <laughs> like I would be like, "Oh my god!" Then I won't be able to do stand up, and um, or you know, how could I do that? But you know, I mean, I always, you know, there's always these moments 
where I'm talking to my wife, where we finally get all the kids to bed. And I'm like, this is amazing. And then, you know, you fall asleep. And then an hour later, one kid wakes up. And so, you know, there's, it's amazing. But so I wouldn't turn it down. But at a certain point, though, you can kind of, there's a little bit of a long tail of kids where the oldest ones get old enough where it's like, yeah, they could take care of themselves. I can focus on the younger ones to, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I also, I mean, I always joke around when people ask me. I'm like, they're like, what about when your kids are teenagers? And I always say, well, I'll be dead anyway. (laughs) I mean, because I'm so tired and exhausted. I feel like they're killing me anyway. But I don't know. I mean, there's something very strange about an enjoyment of it sounds like someone's lying when they say that they enjoy being a parent it's like because all you hear is people complain about being a parent but it's amazing i mean there's enormous amounts of guilt i feel guilty that i'm away from my kids right now but i don't know it's like each of the kids kind of make you know like the second to last kid we had was born on father's day and this kid really like, he loves me to the point where I, I question his judgment. <laughs> All right. Or and his then, motives. He's trying to then, get closer. He can murder And you. then the, the, the last, our youngest, Patrick, is like, he looks exactly like me. Poor guy. But... <laughs> it's also really fun and he's you know so and obviously all my other kids i love but it's amazing so it's like with each kid there's just this amazing opportunity like you wouldn't want to say no to some of that you know what i mean like what if the next kid was like you know uh, came along and he invented you know a way for me to tan you i mean know what i mean that's i think that's why you have that to could keep happen. having kids that until could happen. one finally well, I'm lucky. I don't have to worry, you know, about, uh, you know, the expense. I mean, children are very expensive, and it's not like, uh, you know, I need anything more than like a good burger. It's not like I need my boat. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't need that. Just that and a good way to tan. And I just need, a, you know, like a burger. That's what I need, and I'll be <laughs> dead in a couple of years. <laughs> like when you talk about me, that'll be the fucking clip that they run on all the. Jim Gaffigan predicting like his own if death you died, If you died, you would be described as the uh, talking dead guy. Probably, right? yeah. Talking dead. Well, no, I, you know, I'll tell you what happened. Jenny McCarthy would speak at your funeral. Yes. yes. I would. <laughs> God damn it. She would cry. That's the thing is that of all the things that I'm. Of all the things that I'm working on now, which yeah. I think are all bigger than Singled Out was. Yeah. Still, it would be like Singled Out host Chris Hardwick died. Like, still. It would, right. it would, it would still get that, no matter what. No right. matter what. Yeah. I, I would feel like I would have Are to... Are you doing The View when you go to New York? No. You should. No, I did it. I'm doing The Today Show. Oh, I before, but I'm not doing that. I did The View before. I did The View once, and it... Uh, Is uh, Matt Lauer interviewing you? I don't know who's interviewing me. Yeah. The View wasn't fun, because I brought... It was when I was doing Web Soup, and yeah. I brought a clip on. Again, this was another, I'm like, Was oh. Jenny on there or no? No, she wasn't on okay. yet. It was... Whoopi and Joy and, and uh, you know, it's funny that they have all such upbeat names for how dour they actually so. <laughs> I did it. I did, I did it on Monday. Do you know how old Whoopi Barbara Walters is? And, uh, Do you know how old Barbara Walters is? She, she, she's 1,000 years old. She's 1,000, yeah. She's no, thousand she's 84. I mean, she's 84. She's and that 84? woman's amazing. She's 84. And she is sharp at it as a tack. She's a great kisser, too. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, Amazing! I like, brought a all tongue swirling. <laughs> I think it has to be. Yeah. Uh, I brought uh, I brought a clip on from Web Soup, and it yeah. was a 
it was a famous web clip of a girl who's singing and she gets on a coffee table and falls on her ass and ah, yeah. classic web clip. And uh, you know the panel like half of them are comedians, so I figured like, right. oh, they're gonna this run with this. Perfect. Yeah. So we run the clip, and the girl falls, and then in the audience is like, <gasps> and then Joy Behar goes, oh, I don't think that's funny at all. Oh no! Like, well, uh, thank you. You know. Well, you here. know, I would say that um, uh, there's been different kind of times that I'm I'm a view regular, I guess. No, um, but I did it. Fucking and view apologist. It was. N- no, it's so funny because so many of these shows, like if I hadn't been on there, I'd be like, yeah, there's a bunch of ladies complaining. And then you meet them and you're like, yeah, they're pretty nice, you know. But um, it was pretty fun. It was pretty lax. I mean, you know, Whoopi's cool. You know no I mean? one was really that – it wasn't that anyone was mean to me, but no one was really that nice. And, and, I, I, and I didn't take it personally because I just assumed like they have to do a show every day. They're running around yeah. in a million different directions. There's five of them and they all have – I guess five, five? And so they all have their own things that they're working on. I don't expect anyone to coddle me. I've, I work in television. I know how right, it works. Right, they're working. Yeah. But it wasn't a fun experience. Right. And, and, I, and I, 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 at this point in my life, I only want to do fun things. I think it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Uh, it was pretty loose the last time I did. I did a talk show in Ireland. That was interesting. Oh. Have you, have talk you show done? Lingus? It, no, talk show Lingus. <laughs> no, I did, uh, I did a talk show, and that was kind of wild because you saw the crowd there, and they have no idea who you are. And to them, you're just speaking in a weird accent, Right. And you're American, right? Which is the equivalent of being a douchebag, right? <laughs> they think so? So, I mean, I don't know. That's just what my insecurity was saying. And so it was pretty fascinating to do that, like to go into an environment where you're like, oh, I, things are kind of stacked against me here. <laughs> but I feel like that's why, you know, you're kind of an alien in that world. And so yes. I feel like that makes you kind of charming. As long as you don't go in and you're like, we should have invaded this piece no, of yeah. land. You know, no, I was saying cool. that, like, am I sound, do I sound like John Oliver to them? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way the American accent is lilty and charming in any way. It's too harsh. Is it too harsh? I Hopefully. think it's too harsh. I don't know. They're all foreigners to me. Yeah, seriously. They're all weirdos. Get off your land. Yeah. Um, well, in closing, uh, uh, I, I brought you this butt plug. Oh, thank you. John thank didn't you. want it. So why I've been, I've been why is it. there blood on this? Well, there were we had some issues. <laughs> we had some issues. I you know we just improvise. We just chat for an hour. <laughs> so obsessive is available. Is it on Comedy Central's? Obsessed is. Obsessed. I keep calling it obsessive. I'm sorry, obsessed. Yeah, because uh, it, well, it's on iTunes and it's on uh, Comedy Central and, Comedy and it's Central. it's on uh, Amazon and. Um, you know, I take a portion of all the proceeds that I make, and I uh, put them together, and I buy a pack of gum. <laughs> so, John, you're a special obsessive. No, it's obsessed. Obsessed. Do you have any stories like that where someone just kept fucking up? No, no. When I did the view on Monday, they were very nice, but they kept describing it as a book. <laughs> <laughs> they were describing a comedy special as a book. They're like, well, no, just I think maybe twice. They're like, your new book, obsessed, and I was, and you don't want to correct someone. It's like a talking book. You know, they're like, but I was like, well, maybe I seem more like an author. But it was, but I also, I'm like, I have such anxiety. So I, I empathize with someone if they mess up because I'm a great guy. No, but like if someone messes up, like, I'm like, I don't care, you know. So people will buy the book and be like, this is a thin book. You could have just made it like, it's not a fucking book. It's not a book. Excuse me. God damn it. But. Jesus Christ. Barbara, there's a thing called TV. You've been doing it for the last 80 years. She is like, I mean, she looks good. She looks really good. 
Well, I have all the respect in the world for her, but she was not on the day that I was there. She was not there. No. Yeah, she she didn't bother to show up She's that like, day. Who, Thanks, who's Babs. On, who's on Hardwick? Uh, yeah. Spa day. Oh, I think I'll take this day off. Yeah. I think it's a spa day. <laughs> now, is Jenny McCarthy, would she, I mean... Would she was, speak at my funeral? Was that 20 years ago? <laughs> the, yeah. Not your funeral. The, the show. I died 20 years ago. No, the, uh, the uh, singled out. Almost. Yeah, it was almost. And so, I mean, that's a long time ago. Do you I guys, know. Is she going to, you're in New York, she's in New York. Are we going to host Single Out again? Are you guys going to host a dating show? Probably. No, are you going to, is she going to come to the show, you think? I don't think so. I haven't talked to her in years. Well, you maybe should reach out. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that could be a special. She should do a Nerdist podcast. She, it would be interesting to have her on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's never, she's never done one before. It's also interesting, different stages I mean, 20 years ago, that's, I'm not a fan of the past in general. Right. Like, people are like, I Way met you I met you 20 years ago. I'm like, hey. I was a grown-up then. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm still I'm a grown-up Sorry. Now. And they're like, you were very nice. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about that, too. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I just, I don't even know if I have a, a contact information for her anymore. Just look her up in the phone book. Oh, the old phone book? Yeah. The one that they deliver to my house every once, every six months? Yeah, and it's don't... getting smaller and smaller. Why are they just even... going to drop off a pamphlet? I, I mean, at, at this point, when they're printing the phone book, they must be laughing as they're doing it. Like, right. <laughs> why? I can't believe we're still yeah. making this happen. People are still putting ads in here. <laughs> yeah, ads for local uh, attorneys and uh, accident claims and uh, sad. body it's shops it's very sad it is sad people but, can't get online i know you know when Gen- there's a blackout in the post-apocalypse well i guess the phones would be out i'm gonna there. go to i i went onto this weird <laughs> yellow message board yeah that uh everything was alphabetized in a weird sort of way so should i read ahead in walking dead i should probably read ahead. read the comics yeah yeah it's a different experience. Than is the there show. an audio version? No. Is there? Um, yeah, I read it. Uh, is and it? Then Rick said. Then Rick said, oh, yeah, where are you? "Not anymore. Not anymore. I gotta go and shave a little bit." Um, but yeah, no. I should read ahead. How many? There's innumerable, right? Um, well, there's 120. I think. I think Do they leave are... Atlanta area, the South, ever? Um, no, not not at this point. So it's. I think maybe issue maybe one twenty seven just came out. Does that sound right? One twenty seven or so. Wow. And I'm I'm up to I'm two issues behind, so I have to read one twenty six and one twenty seven. Oh, wow. But it's a different experience, and it, and it, there's only some touch points in the show because right. they transmute things that happen. Like some characters don't exist in the comics that are on right. the show. Some things that happen to characters in the comics happen to other characters in the show. Right. Some things never happen. Like it, it, there's no characters that are alive or dead and the reverse and so it's there's it's not the same who is your favorite guest on talking dead besides me well, um, i mean beyond jim gaffigan I just did you make know. out with michonne the character i made out with the character of michonne the, i mean the, the woman who plays deny De, no. her name's deny deny yeah that's my middle name that's very jim strange. deny gaffigan jim deny gaffigan that's amazing Don't deny. no um, I did uh, not. Uh, I did not. Ma- I've not made out with anyone from the show. You made out with Lori. Well, I made out with Nicotero. I made out with Greg Nicotero. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's uh, anyone you hate from the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, despite what people think. I did not hate Marilyn Manson on the show. I, if, if, 
it's like that one episode is the most talked about episode yeah. we've ever had. I just think he had a different vibe going, and he was trying to control it. And uh, he was a little boost up, right? I don't know if he was or not. I, I oh really? The rumor that I heard is that he drank all the scotch in Los Angeles, but I don't know if that's true. I didn't see it happen, so I can't prove that. I I just feel like. You know, he's used to commanding a room, and he I had mean, his own was, ideas. And he's That must a, have been hard for him to grow up the son of Charles Manson. <laughs> it's, it was very... The son of Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds? I know. And then he goes into music. Yeah. Well, cause he wanted he to... tries to look as pale as me. That's impressive. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> he wishes. He aspires to be as pale as me. Yeah. And so, you know, he had his own thing going on. And I think he was just, uh, I mean, he is ultimately a performance artist. And I think he was just doing performance art on the show to a degree, to the surprise of no one. And, right. um, you know, at a certain point, I just kind of, just to keep the show moving, I just had to kind of shut him down. I had to be... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean... Just like I, a heckler in a way. But, you know, Walking Dead, it's a serious thing. It's like, I mean, I was thrilled that I was informed and I was the best guest. Yeah. On the, but it's, it's very serious. Like, when you hear people on there that, uh, which never happens, um, that's what people are kind of amazed by, is like, don't mess with my... Walking Dead. It's no, because stuff. they, you know, if, if pe- people are very emotionally invested in the, in Walking yeah. Dead, and so in exchange for their time that they're giving you, the, yeah. the the minimum that you can do is have the show be informative and talk about things and try to be entertaining and not fuck off too much, you know. Because if you're getting in the way of the business of the show, then people yeah. get cranky, and he was yeah. getting in the way of the business right. of the show. I, you know, I have an announcement. I've been hired to do. Um, Talking that arm wrestling show on AMC. Oh, a man, a man, a man, a man at arms. Talking man, man, man arm arms. wrestling man show. Code of uh, man of arms. Man at arms. Yeah, arm wrestling show. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be. It's going to be talking arms. Talking arms. Yeah, great. And then everyone uh, actually just talks, like makes a face on. Their yeah, arm they just, just you know we have different people coming out. It's kind of like a lot of people that are on. Are you going to do any arm wrestling on your yeah, show? Yeah, I'll be doing that. A lot of people. You good arm wrestler. I'm probably one of the best. I'm probably the best arm wrestler uh, comedian uh, on my block. In so, a celebrity game of arms? Yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, we're doing a tie-in with Cigar Aficionado. A lot uh-huh. of the people that are on the cover of that are yeah. going to be on the How show. do you feel about leg-driven sports? Um, I'm a fan of a lot of them. Uh, you know, I like uh, the bike riding, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I was pretty good as a kid riding yeah. a bike. Like, I would ride a bike to school. You ever ride your bike into a parked car? I did that. Yes, I've ridden my bike into parked car. I've ridden my bikes into things that were easily avoidable. Yeah. Did um, you, did, you know, you know I, read a, uh, I rode a bike into a parked car, and you know who was in that parked car? Hmm. Marilyn Manson. What? He, Marilyn Monroe had just given birth to him. <laughs> he had just been born. They had Charles Manson on Skype because he yep. obviously couldn't. And you know who also was in there? Katie Holmes and Pete Holmes. She, the, Katie and Pete were in there. Katie she Holmes. was giving birth and to Sherlock. Pete at the same and time. And Sherlock also. Her, her, her granddad, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a lot of Holmes there. So do you mean Benedict Cumberbatch or do you mean like actual Sherlock Holmes? You know, that's not his real name, right? <laughs> right. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's like there's British names and then there's just like... I, I feel like offended by that name. <laughs> like, like his name, Benedict Cumberbatch, it feels like kind of that's like code for fuck you, America. I've always right? said, I've always, I, uh, that's a little bit anti American. Well, I, I'd always felt, and I, I said this when we did our BBC show, that yeah. I think uh, the name Benedict Cumberbatch sounds like a porn star in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. 
Yeah. He, he's like a porn wizard. You know, like someone like when they're like, you'd think that like over just generations, someone would be like, obviously, we're not going to go by Cumberbatch anymore. <laughs> right? I mean, look, I'd like to get a career in acting. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Felicity Fuzznatch. You know, it's like Cumberbatch. What does that mean? That's like... You know, like someone that I would... think that's the thing on the tuxedo that wraps around. No, that's your the cummerbund. Oh, okay. Well, then I know I'm out of ideas. That maybe a bunch of cummerbunds is a, is a cummerbatch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I whipped up a cummerbatch of cummerbunds. Remember when we riffed on cummerbatch? No, I don't remember what happened. He was, you know, that cummerbatch. He was in a lot of movies. <laughs> All right, so best movie of the year. Um, best movie of oh, the year. Oh, I keep forgetting I'm talking to you, and you're like, well, it's going to be uh, American <laughs> Universe, uh, Mr. Universe, uh, Mr. America. It's going to be Mr. Universe, the Jim Gaffigan no, no, special from it, a few um, years ago. But I think it was 12 Years a Slave, right? I mean, let's, you know, like, unless... Let's just get it on the table. It, it's got to be that, right? That's, like, the best movie in, like, the past 12 years. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, also, um, a lot of the crap that I've been watching on Netflix. Yeah. Um... But uh, I can't remember any of it because it's always on in the background while I'm doing computer work. Yeah. Couple the Killing. Did you watch The Killing? I watched the first season, uh, the first half season of The Killing, but it, there was so much crying on the show yeah. that it made me very sad. Like who that one, s- the one actress, that poor one actress who yeah. just like who played the mother of. Yeah. Uh, it's like every scene was just like, I think they probably just stopped putting it in the stage direction. She's like, I'm just going to assume I'm crying in this right. scene. Like, it was Who'd very hard to get our time back for some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, he's the director of the Ministry <laughs> of Time. Or it would be Doctor, it would be the Doctor. Doctor Who. You're a Doctor Who fan? No, you never watched I've it. never watched Doctor Who. God damn it, Jim. Would you please watch Doctor Who? Is it that good? Yes, and your kids would love it too. You know, I don't even. All right, look, I'm going to lose a lot of people. I, you know, Sherlock, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Highly irregular, sir. Highly irregular. I am Benedict Cumberbatch. Enjoy your burrito. I think that's the end. That is the end. God bless him. The Nerdist Universe. Obsessed. Obsessive. It's a great book. It's coming out. So how long did it take you to perform this book? No, it's just a special. Your nerd book. You did the audio, audio version of it, right? I did. It was fun. How long did it take you? Five years? It took five years to do it. I did one word a day, and um, then we got it. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.